to another episode of the Houdat Jedi Podcast, episode 115. Same bat time, same bat channel. That will make sense here in a little bit. We are the Houdat Jedi Council. I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Fredo and Dave. How are you guys doing? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, we are just talking. We've got to... Uh, we're, we're on a time schedule because the Pelicans play tonight. It's game five. Um, and uh, after staying up late, because uh, we... It, it's... I think everybody in New Orleans is running on like zero sleep. It's like, can we talked about it last episode, the last episode, but now it's really starting to kick us in the pants. And it's a 9 p.m. game tonight. Ugh. And then Thursday night's going to be another, what, late night, and then Jazz Fest starts. So <laughs> good luck. And, and, we have the NFL, and we have the NFL draft on Thursday, too. That's right. So all these things, man. That's right. Um, but, Buckle uh, up. Yeah, did did either of you guys go to any part of French Quarter Fest? I know. Just we just wandered around. We didn't stay put in really one place, but holy holy cripes. Yeah, there was a lot of people. Um so New Orleans is doing things. Uh, <clears throat> so tonight um I, I said same bat time, same bat channel because it is for us we record it ba- basically the same time and same day of every week. But we are going to be taking another shift from uh, Star Wars, and we are going to be talking about the Batman and kind of Batman in general, because Dave finally saw the Batman. Um, it seems weird to say the Batman. I don't know. It's, I, it's, weird. it's like your crazy aunt who doesn't follow current events <laughs> describing the movie. I went and saw the Batman. Uh, it, it was like I was on was um, I was on the Twitter. And, you know, um, but anyway, so we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about the movie, the Batman, but we're also going to be talking about kind of Batman in general, um, the, the franchise anyway, not like all the comic books and stuff like that, but, um, mainly movies, right guys. Um, I do have to say one of my favorite things though, because, you know, I did the Marvel, uh, homework. One of my favorite memes is somebody said, you know, Infinity War is the most aggressive um, crossover event in history. And then they show a picture of Batman and Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> those episodes from the 80s. So that was that was pretty aggressive. Um, but, hey, let's... Uh, I tell you what. We're not going to do Star Wars trivia. We have Batman trivia. So um, we have it's it's 15 questions. We'll go quick, um, depending on if my internet holds up pretty well. Um, so who wants to start? Who wants to start? Fredo has deferred. I'll go first. All right. So yeah. Dave, you're going to start. Um, who originally? And these are multiple choice. Who originally created the character of Batman? Was it Michael B. Comic Book, Stan Lee? Bob Kane or Stephen King? I did not, I did not check these out beforehand. It seems like they were written by a seventh grader, but okay, here we go. So, <laughs> which one do you want there? Michael B. Comic uh, Book, <clears throat> Stan Lee, Bob Kane, or Stephen King? Bob Kane. Uh, I guess we'll find out at the end if you're correct. But I'm going to say it's that oh, safe to say it, that you are. He's correct, correct. And, yeah. he's <clears> correct, <throat> and I didn't throw finger. <laughs> All right, so Fredo, what was Batman originally called? Man Bat, 
the bat dash man the dark bat or bart man <laughs> hmm. i'm gonna go with the bat dash man okay and both of those are this yellow so i don't know if that means you got them right or not i like said i guess to find out so here comes my next one. Oh, another softball. This one's to me. What's the name of Batman's nemesis, a.k.a. the Clown Prince of Crime? Is it the prankster, the joker, the fool, or the jester? Well, it is the joker. Okay. So, Dave, to you, what's the name of Batman's company? I didn't know Batman had a company, but is it Wayne Enterprises, Wayne Solutions, Wayne Tech, or Wayne Corp? Wayne Enterprises. All right. Wayne Tacos. <laughs> and uh, Fredo, to you, which supervillain does Batman have an on-off romance with? Is it Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, or the Penguin? It's Catwoman. I'm not going to make the jokes here. All right. So to me, what's the real name of Robin, Batman's sidekick? Is it Robert Bin? God, Robert Bin. Rob Bin. Okay. Stephen H. Bird, Rob Flight, or Dick Grayson? It is Dick Grayson. All right. I was going to ask, which iteration of Robin? Okay. Is it a oh, man. Getting nerdy in here. All right, Dave. What's Batman's real name? Is it Frederick Wayne, Brian Wayne, Bruce Wayne, or Roger Wayne? Bruce. I'm Wayne. really sorry that I did not vet these guys. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I feel like Ogre on Revenge of the Nerd or Revenge of the Nerds too. What if C A T really spelled dog? Anyway, holy cow! Um, well, I, I'm not. Going to... We lose our place? No, we got just got an ad. Um, we're getting a couple totally random questions, which means I'm going to be spammed. Um, You've been right. spam bottled. So again, I did not vet these. Um, okay, so what were Batman's parents? Is this mine now? Yeah, it was Fredo. Uh, uh, Fredo. Oh, what were his parents called? Peter and Margaret. Thomas and Martha, Jonathan and Rosie, or Rod and Jane? If anybody's ever seen Batman v. Rob, Superman knows it's Thomas and... Yeah. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Did we just Thomas become best friends? Um, in which state is the fictional city of Gotham located? This is to me. New York, Michigan, Washington, or New Jersey? And I'm going with New York even though some of the movies are filmed in Pittsburgh. Um, but, um, all right, Dave, what color is the Riddler's costume in the film Batman Forever? Is it purple, green, blue, or silver? I gotta go with green, because I don't remember it deviating, so. All right. Fredo, and everybody else listening, if you've listened to this podcast, Batman is part of the Avengers. True or false? False. Is there any crossover event that would have uh, said the opposite? Mm. Um, no. To me, what is the name of his loyal assistant? Is it Albert Pennyworth, Norbert Pennyworth, 
Cuthbert Pennyworth or Alfred Pennyworth, and that is Alfred. Pardon my hat. Almost like I should have got a question. <laughs> All right, so Dave, what does Batman lack? Manners, furniture, superpowers, or an amazing car? Superpowers. All right. Oh. And Fredo, second to last question. What is Batman's secret headquarters named? Is it Stark Tower, the Bat Cave, Justice League Watchtower, or X Mansion? Hmm, that'll be interesting. No, it's gonna be the Bat Cave. And for me, what gadget does Batman use the most? The invisibility cloak. Uh what is he, Harry Potter? Admantium claws, batarang, or wings that are like a shield of steel? It's the batarang. Whoa, hold on. It says we got 14 out of 15. What did we, we missed one. We get wrong? What did we get wrong? Which one did we miss? I'm going back. I'm going back. Okay, that's green. That's is cool. it the man bat? Okay, let me ask you guys this. Which state is the fictional city of Gotham located? New York, New Jersey? Michigan, Washington, or New Jersey? New Jersey. You, I said New York. So I, did you guys know it was yeah, New, New Jersey? York? No. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. So, well, yeah, I'm. I'm the. I'm the. The bat dumb. The weak link. Malung, Wait, well, which one is so, it? Anyway, is well, it New Jersey? Whose dumb idea was it? Yeah, it was New Jersey. Whose dumb idea was this anyway? um so all right well let's uh let's move on we'll actually have a little bit of uh star wars uh to talk about let's uh so let's throw it over to fredo for some news we got some star wars news yeah just a few little bits uh you know everything's kind of ramping up ahead of celebration so uh two bits of news one about somebody who's going to be there one somebody's not going to be there so bad news is mark hamill announced today on twitter that he will not be able to be at celebration this year. Unfortunately, as his tweet says, he's out of the country filming The Fall of the House of Usher under Mike Flanagan, which means he'll be out of the U.S. until early July. So he's hoping, that, he says, I'll be with you in spirit while my actual body will be elsewhere, which I think he's got practice on that. Meanwhile, though, on the other hand, I'm sorry. Were you so, were you waiting for you waiting for uh, laughter or applause on? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was waiting for canned laughter there. Come on now, canned laughter. No, uh, the other bit of news there regarding celebration is, so, Ewan McGregor has been announced that he's going to be there. He uh, they put up the link for the autograph sessions. His sold out in like a few hours. You cannot book a ticket to see and get an autograph from Ewan McGregor. At celebration, you can still get some of the other stars like Anthony Daniels and Sam Witwer and Ashley Eckstein. But both Friday and Saturday, the two uh, periods that he was going to autograph stuff, sold out in a matter of hours. So when I was at Celebration Chicago 2019, um, I had purchased a an autograph with Riz Ahmed because I was going to have him sign my Rogue One poster, and that was the year that actually he didn't make it because TSA. Um, like wouldn't let him on the plane because. He, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> hmm. 
Anyway. Think of all the people to not let on the plane. Yeah, but anyway, sorry that that's just a tan tangential story. So all right, cool. No, 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 no. And then, uh, okay, so moving on right quick. Uh, you, yeah, actually, I heard. Do you, do you want to take this one? Because uh, I believe uh, this is going to impact your budget. Oh, we're we talking about Regal Robot now. Yep. So mm -hmm. yeah, I got an email, I got an email today, um, and this was because I'm on the mailing list of Regal Robot, which is has a lot of, uh, they make a lot of cool different pieces and they have some Star Wars pieces. Um, my Emperor's Chair came from Regal That's Robot. That's why I'm on the mailing That's list. That's what I was thinking of. Anyway, they have announced, and that you're going to get more uh, information in celebration, so we'll tell you all we know right now. But they're announcing the Archive Collection by Regal Robot. Introducing the Star Wars Archive Collection, a continuation and expansion of our work creating authentic replicas with impeccable lineage. With first-hand access to the original film artifacts and tools like high-resolution scanning, we are developing a collection that includes detailed uh, recreations of props, busts, maquettes, and more. We have so much planned for this collection, and we're excited to share more with you. Check back to the post, blah, blah, blah. Um, much more at Star Wars Celebration starting on May 26th. I'm doomed. <laughs> Which I replied, control, control. You must learn control. <laughs> we won't say what my gif was that after that one, but I mean... Be careful blinking saddles. This is... <laughs> This is actually, I mean, Regal Robot stuff is really pretty cool. They have some, like, some neat artwork things. But now if you can get, like, you know, a replica of, like, the original Jabba maquette or, you know, um, I mean, like, those, so many of those things. Or what if they're going to start, uh, you know, I, and I, these, this is all speculation on my part. But, you know, what if they're going to do replicas of lightsabers? Are they going to, you know... I, of course, I don't know if that would be getting, if Disney would be, you know, if there'd be too much double dipping there. I don't know. But there's a lot of cool possibilities here that if they can, you know, if they're doing, you know, scans of the actual props, um, the maquettes and things like that, that could be really kind of cool. Yeah, off the top of my head, I was thinking, what, what if you could get your very own gonk droid? <laughs> That you can actually plug in and use as a rechargeable a phone charger or whatnot. Gonk. If I was to have a gonk droid, I want to make it into a refrigerator, um, make it into a beer fridge. But yeah, I mean, like I said, this is this is kind of a this is kind of a cool thing because it's funny because we talked about you know what we collect a couple episodes you know several episodes ago, and mm -hmm. Regal Robot stuff is kind of the stuff that I'm kind of getting into that if I can you know that something that's more like artwork based or you know like i said that's a replica of something from the movie that i mean that'd be kind of cool so anyway we'll we'll see it uh at uh, star wars celebration so um yeah. see how much I mean, I, mean, I have to say it's part of the dynamic where a lot of the um uh us the first generation of fans now are you know have a bit more money so you're right in terms of you can afford to get something that's a little bit bigger and a higher in quality, closer to what was used on the screen. And, you know, for a lot of people, their dream has been to own a replica of Han Solo's blaster, but actually one that actually feels and, you know, looks like Han Solo's blaster, or it could be something like, 
you know, some of the outfits, some of the props, some of the stuff that's that we sell. I mean, if if there's a market for it, Lucasfilm has shown that they will find a way to give the market what they want. If you had clearance, would you hang like a replica of Han Solo and Carbonite in your entryway <laughs> somewhere? Fredo says thumbs you? up. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't need clearance, but yeah. Well, anyway, like I said, uh, so, so yeah, pay attention to Regal Robot. There might be some cool stuff. Um, you know, like if you, like I said, if you're if you want to collect some Star Wars stuff and not like necessarily the toys or something like that, I recommend looking. Like I said, I got my brother or something from there, um, and it's I didn't didn't know this existed, but they have these things. It's like the sign for Docking Bay ninety four, and and that's when I I never realized until I like did some research that when they're walking into nine, Docking Bay ninety four carved into the wall is a big nine four. I never knew that. And, but there it is, there's pictures of it. And you watch the movie, it's there. It's just something I've never seen before. So, um, so yeah, he's got, just got a little miniature of that to hang on as well. So anyway, that's Regal robot. Thanks for <laughs> eating up my, uh, income anyway. Uh, so moving on right quick before, uh, before poor Aaron has to mourn more about his, uh, missing money. Uh, there were, Liam Neeson has been doing some interviews I believe he's got a new movie coming out. I forget the name of it. It's the uh, standard Liam Neeson is a bat and, you know, breaks stuff and whatnot and kicks bad guys in the butt and whatnot. So they were asking him about the potential of coming back to Star Wars, you know. Um, so this is what he says. He says, I think so. You know, it was a film. If it was a film. See, this is what's interesting. They asked him, would you be willing to return given that you're McGregor who he co-starred with in The Phantom Menace, is coming back. He said, I think so if it was a film. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to TV, I must admit. I just like the big screen. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to pause. He's a big snob when it comes to TV, but he did the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn in several episodes of The Clone Wars. And in uh, also, um, I guess he did the voice in uh, um, The Rise of Skywalker as well, but... Anyway, I think he's playing coy. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, he admits that. I mean, he goes on to I mean, he said he can't believe it's been 24 years since they made it. Uh, but he also says that part of the reason that drew him to make The Phantom Menace was that he was really into new experiences at the time. He was willing to challenge himself. And so he's not necessarily a fan of sci-fi or um, fantasy stuff. So, you know, being stuck, squeezing says, I've no desire to go into the gym for three hours every day so I can pump myself up to squeeze into a Velcro suit with a cape. What? And it's not just my genre. Okay. You know, that was somebody, 42 years ago and I enjoyed it. Somebody needs to remind him that his character is dead. He's going to be playing a force ghost talking to, sitting on a log. He needs to go watch, like, you know, um, Return of the Jedi and see what Alec Guinness was doing at that point. <laughs> so it, nobody's going to be having Qui-Gon running around, you know, whomping and a whooping. That ain't going to happen. So anyway. Um, or, or even Ray Park and Solo, you know, like he wasn't right. like completely ripped or anything. You could tell he put on a few pounds. So. I, I would bet dollars to donuts that Qui-Gon Jinn is in this, at, at, in, like, whether it's a voice or a force ghost or something of course you know uh, he he's he's part of this um and if he isn't oh, then, it's a, then it's a 
it's a shame. Well, and the interesting thing is it's, you know, if, if, you know, if you got a high 24 years of, and eh, let's say weight gain and aging, you know, makeup does a lot and the Jedi robes help to hide a lot of stuff. So well, but we he doesn't that. need to go to the gym to go work out for three hours to become Qui-Gon Jinn. Can I get, be, I'm going to be canon nerd here. Qui-Gon never learned fully how to, you know, to fully um, maintain his, uh, well, he, he, he's, he, he did, he was only the voice. He only got so far in the training to be able to, you know, be a, you know, force voice, if you will, you know, Obi-Wan was really the first one to make it to be able to show his full figure. Otherwise, I mean, uh, yeah. And so anyway, and it's just, he only got the audio plan, not the video plan. He's going to be a voice. He's going to be a voice. And because it's, that's why in the clone wars episodes, he's telling Yoda, you need to go through this and go all the way through it so that you can, you know, um, yeah, so you, so you can be a force ghost. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so ugh, I digress. He, he's playing coy. Yeah, that's got to be, they're trying to hold on to that to be a secret, you know, because there's not really any other secrets in this um, series, really, that you can think of that would pop up and go, oh my goodness. So they're probably trying to hold on to that one. That's just me. Anyway, mm-hmm. probably talked way too much about that. Sorry. Dave, do you think do you think Qui- right. do you think Qui Gon's going to be in this in some some fashion, and will it be Liam Neeson? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, I, I I know what you're saying when they, when they when they come out with something that seems to contradict um, a little too conveniently in this way. Oh, I would never do the small screen. And and there's this show that you would think he'd be a natural for right around the corner. You, you immediately think he might be playing coy, um, but I don't know that they need to include him. To be honest, well, but except that they they dropped it in. I mean, they, what's the like one of the last things Yoda says to to Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith is, you know, I've been talking to Qui Gon. I'm going to teach you how to talk to him. And so, okay, cool. And so now we get a show of Obi-Wan. And if they have, if this show has nothing to do with Obi-Wan advancing his knowledge of the force, then there better dang well be, and I just censored myself, you're lucky. There better dang well be another season coming up. Because to, to, to have that and to just let it, you know, drop like a hot rock would just, so that we can see Obi-Wan fighting a bunch of Inquisitors and then meet up with Anakin again. I mean, that's just kind of, that doesn't, that doesn't really advance the story at all or fill it or fill in missing elements of the story. So man, get off my lawn. Okay. So didn't know that, that was going to make me mad. Did you Fredo? No, but I appreciate the uh, segue because talking about more seasons, which we don't know about um, for Obi-Wan, uh, there was an interview done in, in Brazilian TV in a Brazilian television program with the director of photography for Andor. And they're talking to him about this. Here's what stuff he's been working on. And he says, his quote is this, the series I worked on was supposed to be five seasons long, but I think it's not happening. It will have three seasons maybe. Now, to be fair, 
most Disney Plus seasons, particularly for Star Wars projects, have not gone beyond the eight to nine episode. But Andor season one is supposed to be 12. So maybe they are cramming, quote unquote, five seasons worth of episodes into three. Yeah, I, they could. We haven't talked a lot about this <clears throat> show in general. Because we don't um, know anything. And I'm well, and I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like racking my brain. I immediately go to like the Lou Ferrigno Hulk series for some reason, where it's like he just gets into an adventure every week, um, and like kind of got that with Mandalorian, and to a lesser degree Boba Fett. And so now I'm like thinking, like, are they going to try to do that? Are they going to try to tell a bigger story about the war? Is it, is it going to be a war drama or is it going to be set against war uh, like a la mash? Um, it just feels like there's a lot of really different directions they could go with this. And we just we really have no idea. I think that's going to be the sleeper <clears throat> story of um, Celebration. Everybody's, you know, amping up for Obi-Wan. But the thing is that Celebration is going to start and then the Obi-Wan series is going to be, or at least the first ep- first two episodes are going to drop. So there's not really going to be anything, any newsworthy stuff that they can give you, really, in those sessions. Andor, however, they're going to be able to answer a lot of questions about Andor. Um, and to your point, Dave, you're absolutely I, I I agree with you. It could be a whole slew of things. Now, Fredo, to your point, you know, here's where I think, here's where I think that they, they, they failed. You should not say we're going to deliver six seasons. And then knowing that, you know, then eventually having to backtrack and say, Oh, that's just going to be three. You, you should just say either, either promise low and deliver high or don't say anything at all. Just say multiple seasons because, you know, then, or, or just say it's coming out. And then it's kind of like when you get the, the it's kind of like when loki came out you know it's like at the very end loki season two is coming and everybody goes yay loki season two is coming you know it's like that i mean so again it's somebody on their marketing team just seems to be like i don't know somebody's cousin or something it just seems weird to be fair and to be fair to lucasfilm this isn't the official lucasfilm word this is the director of photography talking in portuguese on a brazilian tv show so this is not coming, you know, like, you know, the announcements made. At the same time, though, everybody already knows that they're starting to film and or season two pretty soon. So in some ways, if, if you were holding the announcement, you know, the official announcement of season two, that cat's kind of out of the back. Like, everybody knows that they're going back for another season. Uh, the other thing I was thinking of is maybe the condi- pushing it, you know, the episodes into a tighter filming schedule. We have to recognize when... No, when did Rogue One come out? Was it 2018? We're not going to know four years from that. So we're looking at the end of Andor connecting with the beginning of Rogue One. Like Diego Luna is, no, he's not much older, but at the same time, he is aging. You're going to have to start putting a bit more makeup to make 2024 Diego Luna match up with 2018 Diego Luna. Not to say, and Mon Mothma and all the other actors, not to which to say if they ever bring Alan Tudyk, like that guy's not gonna be on them stilts 
And however, kind of along what what Dave was saying, he's like, is this going to be like a la mash? That got me thinking about on a different tangent. It's like somebody has got to be sitting there thinking, you know, at a certain point, most TV shows, most, not all, there are some diamonds in the rough that can go for 10, 15 seasons and like be gold every, every year. But most it's like, once you get past a certain season, it's like, then, Oh, I, I, I don't, I like Frank Burns better than I do, you know, Charles Winchester, or, you know, I like Henry Blake better than Colonel Potter, or, you know, I miss radar, you know, those types of things. Um, so they might just be saying, yeah, I think, I think it's probably more like what you're saying for Let's just give more episodes and do fewer seasons so we can move because we got all these other projects that we got to do you know so Mm -hmm. it's just you might be still getting the same content but the problem is that you said hey we're gonna have five seasons and now it's gonna be three and so people feel gypped even though they're still getting the same amount of episodes i'm you know but that's what i'm saying is they never said we're getting five the intonation from the director of photography is we were gonna do five we're now going to do three. Yeah. Well, he but should that's, be. He that's should never, be it's never, they've never <laughs> said, I mean, to be fair, we've never gotten official The Mandalorian, which is filming season three or just wrapped up filming season three, has never told us how many seasons they're planning on doing. For I'm all just, we know, I'm just happy that we're lots. getting Andor. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. If it was one season, I think I'd be good with that. So there's always going to be a segment of the fan base that is hyper literal with stuff like this. It's like, oh, you said we were going to have 46 episodes and we're only at 43. How could this be? You know, it's like, come on. Okay. I mean, let's. let's One thing I'll say. The one thing I'll say is I only care in terms of length. I mean, I don't care whether a show is six episodes or 60. What matters is whether or not you say true the story and manage to tell in a cohesive way. And uh, I just think back to stuff like Game of Thrones, where you could totally tell that as the show progressed, they really, really were trying to just get it out of their, you know, out of their lives. The creators were, and they just shoved those last two, three seasons at the at the door, going like, "Look, more explosions, more naked ladies, uh, more monsters," and okay, out the door, let's go. We got to move on. And it devalues the work that came before if you treat it towards the end like that. So whether it's three seasons, five seasons, one season, as long as it's a coherent story that I can go back and enjoy, that's all that matters. Have you ever seen the the South Park trilogy, the Black Friday oh. trilogy, where they're doing their whole Game of Thrones homage? I don't think they did. Oh, no. God, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm about to go find it. Anyway. All right. Uh, so that's it for the news. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, I have one news story that ties into our main topic. Ooh. Go for it. It just dropped within the last uh, half hour. Yeah, Britt so. told me as I was walking in here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sequel that has been greenlit to the Batman at this point. They made enough money. They want to make the shareholders happy. They went ahead and they announced that Matt Reeves and uh, Robert Pattinson are coming back for a sequel. Because it's all part of the plan and matt reese has also further said that he wants to dive into some of the more fantastical villains 
who haven't necessarily gotten great screen treatments, such as Mr. Freeze. So that's just a little nugget for people to chew on as we transition here into our main topic. Of well, all right. Well, I'm, I've got, I've, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a former teacher, um, one of the things you do um, at the beginning of a lesson is you have, it's called an anticipatory set. You know, you do something to get, you know, sometimes they call it a bell ringer. You know, it's like something to get your brain activated on what you're going to be talking about. So, okay, you guys cannot take long to answer. Fredo's going to be first. Dave's going to be second. I want your gut. Don't think about it. You can't, if you go, mm, I'm moving on to the next one. All right. It's like you're at the eye doctor and you know, it's like one or two, what? one or two. All right. That's the way this is going to go. Three. So now you, you won't like my answer to that is that I usually make the eye doctor repeat it and go back. I, I need to see that one again. So I'm going, I'm going to go through, um, and mainly it's the movies. Um, I'm not going to get into the cartoons and stuff like that. So I'm not going to get all of them, but kind of the big ones. All right. So you're going to have to tell me which is the better Batman. And then we're going to do which is the better Bruce Wayne. Okay. So which is the better Batman? Fredo's first, Dave's second. Okay. So. Okay. Adam West or Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. You can't nod, Dave. This is an audio podcast. Oh, I have to answer the same one though? Yeah. Adam West or Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. Keaton. Okay. Okay. Michael Keaton. All right. Michael Keaton or Val Kilmer? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. All right. Um, Adam West or Val Kilmer? Adam West. <laughs> Adam West. He's more entertaining. Yes. All right. Adam West or J- or George Clooney? Adam West. Adam West. All right. Michael Keaton or George Clooney? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Uh, Val Kilmer or George Clooney? Val Kilmer. I guess Clooney. I guess I take Clooney. All right, and let's go. Uh, we'll, we'll go with your bit, the one that's been uh, stated the most: Michael Keaton or Christian Bale. Michael Keaton. I like Bale's Batman a little better. Okay, so um, Christian Bale or Ben Affleck. Christian Bale. Bale. Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck. Keaton. Keaton. All right. So how about uh, we do um, Christian Bale or Cedric Diggory? (laughs) Uh, Wait, which one was that again? Christian Bale or Cedric Diggory, Robert Pattinson? Uh, Christian Bale. Bale. All right. And how about uh, Ben Affleck or Cedric Diggory? Robert Pattinson. I agree, Robert Pattinson. Man, we're not with the Batfleck. Okay, all right. So let's. Uh, well, we'll do the. I'll do this shorter version here for Bruce Wayne. All right. So um, let's start. Adam West or Michael Keaton for Bruce Wayne? Adam West. Wait a minute for Bruce Wayne. For Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton. Okay, Michael Keaton or Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Michael Keaton. All right. Val Kilmer or George Clooney? Val Kilmer. 
Clooney. George Clooney or Christian Bale? Christian Bale. Yeah, I'll take Bale. Okay. How about uh, Christian Bale or Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck. Yeah, I'd take Affleck too. Ben Affleck or Cedric Diggory? Ben Affleck. I'm taking Pattinson. Okay. So now there's not going to be any choices. You just got to tell me. Um, Best Batman Bruce Wayne combo. So the one person Ooh. who did both of them the best. Hmm. Dave, I'll let you go first. My answer oh. here is Ben Affleck. I think. Okay, so I would take Keaton. Uh, just to be contrarian, I'll go with Bale, but I really was close with Keaton. All right, cool. All right, so... Um, so let's talk about the, I'm, I'm not going to get into any arguments over that one. I just thought it was kind of fun just to, cause there've been mm-hmm. so many, and that's, that's kind of my point right here is that there are so many Batman movies and iterations. I didn't even get into the cartoon series into, you know, um, other stuff. And it's like, every time you think you're done with Batman, Batman comes back. And um, oh, just just to kind of tell you how much, so there's been six actors playing the role. There's been seven animated shows. All this since since 1989. So since uh, Tim Burton and Michael Keaton, six actors playing the role, seven animated shows, 31 different video games, and 26 animated movies. Now I think I think that speaks to and. Uh, just kind of a brief little thing before we get into the movie. Um, but Batman is one of those things that gets to the question of, you know, what does Batman lack? He lacks superpowers. Everybody can at least maybe see themselves as possibly being Batman. It's like, if you have, it's like the big bang theory says, if you have enough money and you have, you know, um, enough technical know-how you can be Batman. You know, you can't be Superman. You can't be, you know, captain marvel you can't be these you know fantastical superheroes but batman you know you can more feasibly than others so um so i wonder if that's why it keeps coming back but anyway let's uh let's talk about the batman um and let's start with dave because his memory is the most fresh and because you keep a running list of superhero movies oh, yeah. um so where does this one fall on your list and what did, what did you think of um the batman i have it um so i always whenever i do these rankings to begin with the, the movie is too fresh and I'm, I'm like uh i'm not sure so i slot it but then it usually goes up or down over time i'm gonna pause you there for a second that's very good that you do that that's like me when i was a band director i never listened to the concert the that night at we would record every concert i would never listen to it right away i would let it simmer for a couple days because you're too much in the in the emotional moment so anyway Mm -hmm. so i appreciate that keep going yeah so uh that caveat aside, I currently have it ranked the 22nd best superhero movie of all time. 
bookended by like who's 21 and who's 23 21 is wonder woman and 23 is watchmen so it is between wonder woman and watchmen for me and i think it fits rather well between those two movies so one dealing with kind of hope and optimism one being quite cynical and dark (laughs) Yeah, this one is like a the transitional movie between the two. Mm-hmm. You could watch all three of these in order and actually do okay, maybe. So, what were the things that that um, that you that you dug about the movie? I was surprised. I mean, like, okay, so that when the concept was revealed, I really got excited for it because it was it was supposed to heavily feature the rogues gallery. It was supposed to deal with some. Um, in and out with Arkham, which they didn't really pay off as much. Um, But also it was supposed to deal with his detective roots. So I was like all in on this thinking like, well, they, I haven't seen that Batman movie before. Um, And then as we get closer and closer to the release, it it looks a lot more similar to what we've already seen. And so I get less and less excited to see it. And again, I didn't feel like I had to go to the theater right away. I waited for it to come out on HBO. Um, but what I what I dug about it were some of those factors that originally got me excited about it in the first place was just this idea that you're you're kind of like throwing all this stuff at him all at once, and then you're asking him to lean into his strengths to sort of figure his way through it all. Um, so I liked all that a lot. Um, and I also like the fact that this really sort of delves into his psyche a little bit more than a lot of the other movies do. Um, you've got this guy who's just going around doing this crazy stuff um, at the expense of the rest of his life. And there's never a lot of consequence to that for him. Um, traditionally in the movies we've seen to this point. And, and yet here you see it. And you see it almost right away. Um, and I liked that. And I like the fact that like the villain is completely inspired by him and what he is doing. And uh, it really begs a lot of philosophical questions about like, what are we doing here? Again, you, to your point, Aaron, you're just like anybody could be Batman. Yes. But is it a good idea? Yeah. You know, <laughs> And I, I agree with a lot of what you just said because it was what made me enjoy this movie. I wasn't really actually too hyped up on going to see it. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go see it because, but it's always seems like, okay, we got another Batman movie, we got another Batman movie. The thing that I really appreciated was one, we didn't get the stupid, you know, origin story, you know, um, that the obligate, I'm sorry, not stupid, but the obligatory, you know, who shot Thomas and Martha Wayne. Um, you know, we kind of got told about it, but we didn't have to have the flashback. I like that. Um, number two, I liked how it was Brittany and I talked about this. It was a detective movie. I mean, it's not really, it's more of a detective movie than it is a Batman movie. It's like, you're watching a CSI episode rather than Batman. And it was, it was very much kind of a, a, a kind of a whodunit, you know, it was, so it was engaging that way. It was totally different. Um, the third thing I dug was the penguin was not this cartoon character. And I know Batman came from comics. Um, but 
it wasn't Danny DeVito. It was Al Capone, you know, mm-hmm. and called the penguin because he kind of had a you know beak of a nose. Now, Fredo blew my mind. I did not realize that that was, um, now I just lost his Colin name. Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Jeez. I was like, what? Get out of here. And then I told Britain, she's like, what? Get out of here. Um, but no, I, those are the things I appreciated was that it was, it, it, it just kind of, it, it was the same, but it was totally different. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciated that. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I'll like, ulti- I was going to say, ultimately you want these movies to justify you spending the time watching them. I was like, Oh, I got to sit down for three hours <laughs> to this thing i don't think it you needed know? to be three hours but we'll get into yeah. that later but go yeah. ahead but like that that was all i was gonna say it's just like that, that's all you want and so like if they're giving you something that's a little different something you haven't really seen before then we're gonna appreciate that as audience members but i'll, I'll let fredo have the floor no i was gonna say i, I ought to send you a fun of video clip of colin farrell being talked about the experience of getting because it's like three hours to put on all the makeup that made him into the penguin because he's naturally not that puffy cheeked and got all them scars so it's unique because he he says you know he helped him get into the character he he didn't see himself in the mirror he saw this other guy so he tried to embody that character overall i mean at the start and i think it's i've had a different kind of take sort of in it when i came out of it when i saw it because i did go to theater to see it uh it was more of a, I appreciated it more than I liked it. Catching it again in HBO helped me like it a bit more, just because you can see a lot of the influences. You can see a lot of the uh, thought that went into it. I mean, you can totally tell, by the way, that detective story. I mean, this is, if the Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, is in, it's inspired by Heat. This is inspired by Seven, mm-hmm. the David Fincher, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman movie. You could totally tell from the rainy landscape that is Gotham City, the way that it's always in dark, in gray, in shadows, the way that everybody kind of acts. It's and when you say always, always, it is a it is a gray movie. It's it's a movie where you can totally tell the oppressive nature of Gotham City, which I think it's the difference you can always tell between the uh, the directors that take on this. Uh, Tim Burton turned Gotham City into a gothic landscape, you know, you know, very much Art Deco, uh, whereas Christopher Nolan did a modern city with slums and high rises and penthouses. But this is like the most depressing I think I've ever seen a Gotham City be. You know, though you can totally tell that this is a machine that grills and grinds all the people who live within it like whether you're thomas wayne bruce wayne selena kyle it doesn't matter who you are you just you are surviving here and you know whatever you need to do to get through the day is what matters that that i think lends it power in terms of what batman's trying to fight against that was another thing that i really enjoyed was that the spin that thomas wayne was spoiler alert thomas wayne was not an altar boy he was not a saint he was, he was flawed you know what'd you say oh. sorry i said i loved it yeah i mean so that i mean that was i i i i appreciated that spin um you know and 
okay so let, let's talk let's talk about maybe things that didn't really sit well with us um at first i will say i did not like um cedric as bruce wayne um until you know fredo explained to me where we were in the timeline basically like this is he's like mom dad or well it it seems like he's pretty fresh at just starting this whole batman thing and you know Mm -hmm. it's i don't know it it He's still. He's about two years in. He's about a couple of years into being Batman, which so, we know from the deleted scene with, uh, spoiler alert, with the Joker in Arkham already. Uh, we know that he's already been being Batman because villains recognize the bat signal. He's already got enough of a name to scare criminals, but he's not quite there in his prime. He's still developing a lot of the stuff. With, with the exception of Christian Bale, most Bruce Wayne's that we get. Um, are have already had time to deal and you know kind of settle into their role as both philanthropist you know executive and batman and this one so i did not like cedric because it looked like it looked like cedric diggory you know every anytime we had bruce wayne i was just like "Eh." he was an awesome batman i thought he was an awesome batman but as a Bruce Wayne, at first it didn't sit well. And it sat a little bit better when Fredo told me that, but I still think Christian Bale did that version of Bruce Wayne better. I think I agree you with you. What? I agree with you about his Batman. Like great. Like he did a great job. And like I think it's easy to, like you said, like look at the long hair and all the eye makeup and you know, like oh gosh it's he's like channeling uh brandon lee here or something like what are we doing but um like when he's in the suit like he it's not like the distracting voice that everybody complained about with bail um it's not like some of the cheesy one-liners that you got with some of the earlier batmans it's just like no this guy's just he's kicking butt and he's very good at it and he, he intimidates and uh, the 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 personal interactions too like when he's talking to the police you know and he's talking to gordon and they're interacting and they're you know they're trying to figure out wh- where they're going with this stuff it's like this man is you buy him you don't you don't look at a, a, a guy in a rubber suit and, and start snickering like you're actually buying the dialogue that is coming out of his mouth and like that's not an easy thing to do so so what i, I give him a lot of credit so what didn't sit well why isn't this number 19 instead of number 22 what what didn't sit well with you in the movie well i think fredo is something too i don't know actually no i was gonna say right quick uh that i agree with you regarding bruce wayne Aaron. Because I thought, I mean, put it this way, I got where they were going with the idea that he still hadn't kind of figured everything out. And I really thought that at the end, they missed the opportunity to have him kind of display his Bruce Wayne persona, the philanthropist. Because the movie gives him the opportunity to say, okay, uh, I've been just beating up bad guys for two years and this city needs more than just that. Like, like he gets challenged by the, the mayoral candidate. He gets challenged by what he discovers about his father. He gets challenged by the Riddler as to the state of Gotham City. 
And I thought that after the climax and the third act, he was given, you know, the, they gave the character an opportunity to kind of say, okay, I can solve some of these problems as Bruce Wayne, but they don't necessarily take it. They, they're, they're locked into the personal story between him and Catwoman. They kind of miss the opportunity to show that he's kind of, that he's grown from when he started, when he just starts out saying, I'm vengeance, to kind of developing an understanding that he's got to be more than that, that he's going to be justice, and that being justice involved, not just putting on the cape and cowl and whooping bad guys' butts, but well, also I, actively involved in the betterment of cops. And to that point, that's where the, the Christopher Nolan movies does it really good, because Alfred is that voice that's saying, you can't just be whomping and a whooping. There has to be, you know, there has to be more to you, um, which that's, that's another thing we can talk about Alfred character later. Um, but um, still want to, still want to get it. Like I said, what, what didn't, what didn't sit well? I was going to just say that that development worked really well for me, that particular story and the, the story beats and how they paid it off because at the end of the movie, he's not like punching people in the face. He's pulling people from the water. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I don't know. It, it worked really beautifully for me in that sense. I, if I'm, if I've got any nitpicking, it's the, the three hour thing. I mean, I didn't like look at my watch really while watching this, which is a real credit to what they did. Um, but I, I don't like having to set aside three hours to watch a movie ahead of time when I, you know, my time is very limited right now. Um, so like, again, like as a, as a grown man with kids, who's like juggling, you know, 50 knives at a time, it's, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to set aside three hours to watch this movie, um, with my wife away from our kids. Um, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So that's my complaint. You know, one one of the other things that didn't sit well with me, and just see what you guys think about this. Um, I didn't mind the villain. I had a hard time putting him in the shoes of the Riddler, just because you leave notes. You know, and this is becoming this is old man Aaron who grew up with you know Frank Gorshin, you know, and then saw and I I dug Jim Carrey's Riddler because it was very much in the vein of Frank Gorshin. This is a different riddler and i'm okay with a different riddler but when i when he's on screen and he's just wearing you know what looks like an s&m mask you know it's like is it the riddler or the gimp you know i i didn't (laughs) you know that i guess that was where it was like if i was taken out of anything i was just trying to figure out how is how is that guy the riddler you know what i mean um you know, it's interesting. It's like we're talking about these these creative decisions that they made that challenged them. That's again, like you're you're giving the character of Batman a lot of dialogue in the suit. You're making the Riddler into the Gimp. You're uh, you're doing certain things that, like, in the hands of a lesser director, would make this whole thing into a complete disaster. And so, like. On that level alone, I'm impressed. It's like you're challenging yourselves in a really, um, really um, significant way, like an obvious way. Like these are things that you wouldn't do unless you were confident that you could pull them off. 
Yeah, and I think just in thinking of the road, I love Daniel Paul Daniel's take on the character mm-hmm. because it creates a it's a different dynamic, which I think if you're going to be making these kinds of movies, you almost have to justify by saying, look, we're not gonna give you the same thing you've seen before. But it does create a disconnect from wait a minute, I'm gonna see Batman versus the Riddler. And you know, like th- there's no way in heck I would ever I don't even know if I think it was this PG thirteen or rated R. Because I cannot imagine, you know, Dave couldn't take his kids to this Batman movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not in your life. I mean, but at the same time, it's kind of also showing how, because this is pulling a lot more from, not just from the comics, you know, character, but also from how we've seen Batman movies develop, where characters like the Joker have gone from Cesar Romero through Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger, you know, to, you know, to Joaquin Phoenix. We'll, not, we'll, we'll ignore Jared Leto, but just characters who became far more vicious, far more menacing, whose threat was their, you know, not just their insanity, but also their willingness to just be brutal. And I think that that's the difference. Is this is a character who is brutal in a very realistic way. There's no comedy to the to the riddle and, here. And again, I again I I liked the character. It was the way the character was presented was with and it's my own baggage it's my own baggage you know so if if this was the first batman movie i ever saw and you know i probably would have no problem with it but it just did it did not sit it just my mental model of the riddler it didn't it didn't jive it's the same thing with bruce right right you know you got this scrawny guy looking guy with the hair and and i'm and but I'm all I, but emo-ish. I could, but looking back, <laughs> I can I can get into that now. I understand yeah. that now based on what Fredo told me. You know, I can understand that it's like a younger Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, who is mm-hmm. still traumatized by his, you know, not not I mean still traumatized by the murder of his parents and blah blah blah. Um now however, let's uh, let's no. okay, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, you don't make those kinds of decisions lightly, right? You don't just say, well, we're just going to put the Riddler in a Gimp mask just because. Or we're just going to, we're going to make Bruce look like a young guy just because. And it's like, no, there's a storytelling reason for these decisions. And again, they went with the serial killer motif. So this is ultimately well, how they settled on. But the I think Riddler. I think it's also what you know. My my point was earlier that this does not look like a comic book movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think they wanted anything to look like a comic book movie. I mean, that's why you probably see the Joker in the shadows, and you can tell that he has a wide smile. But they didn't want it to look like Caesar Romero, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what. And they didn't. The Penguin isn't wearing a top hat and going. Wah, wah, wah. You know, it's like. I, I, I appreciated all that. So they had to do that. They couldn't put Riddler in a green suit, you know, and push <laughs> a all over it, you know, so, so I, so I dig that. Um, however, yeah. so let's, so let's talk about Catwoman. Um, I, I, I really dug Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, you know, it, and it wasn't the stereotypical, you know, again, the meow, it was, and she wasn't really even a cat burglar. It was. I mean, they gave her that little mask, but yeah, no. You know, it but it Ooh. was more of it, there was there was more depth to her story than probably about any Catwoman that we've had in other Batman movies. You know, a little bit more reason why she is there. I mean, the 
in my narrow view, the closest one we get is, um, oh gosh, now her name just escaped me. The one in the Nolan Hathaway. Hathaway. That's the closest one. It's like, I, I'm a, I'm a cat burglar and I want to go straight. And so that's why I'm doing the things I'm doing. And I dug her version of Catwoman. Um, but this one had even more emotion to it. I liked Hathaway's version of slightly better because she's so um, duplicitous and you see it unfold on the screen. And like, if you go back and you watch that movie, I don't necessarily recommend you go back and watch that movie anytime soon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a flawed movie, but um, there's a scene early in that movie where she's like playing the meek little maid or whatever. Right, yeah. And then like turns on a dime and it's such a lovely moment and like you really rarely get that sort of thing from that character and uh you know i i was just thinking about her that role catwoman i think we've i, I did the, the math on on that character i think we've seen like five or six actresses we've on the had, big screen we've had well okay i guess i'm going back to the 60s right. we had lee merriweather we had uh um, yeah. um julie uh, newmar we had no Julie Newmar. We had Eartha yeah. Kitt. We had Michelle Pfeiffer. We had um, Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. We had um, uh, and Hathaway. And Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. And then uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. 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 No. Like again. Like that. Like on the face of it, that's boring to me. Like, oh, we're doing this character again because, like, honestly. Has it ever been my favorite character? Have I ever seen anything on the screen that got me like excited about that character? Not really. I mean, other than the cat suits, but like now we're here. Um, to your point, Aaron, it's like, okay, we're gonna give her a reason to be here, and I and I, I and not that not too. just as Batman's booty call. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which well, does a lot of credit to gives. I mean, it does a lot. It, does a lot of credit to the character you know again it's like you know it so it's it's not just there to be sexy and in the cat suit but you know she has her own motivations and and i'm sorry you know however i think i think the the anne hathaway motivations are a little bit more a little too easy than the zoe kravitz story and you know so i think they gave a little bit more thought to you know her story than to the Anne Hathaway one. Now I did like Anne Hathaway's performance, I, absolutely hands down. Um, I'm just talking about just the depth that we had to deal with. Fredo, you look like you got something to say. Yeah, no, I was gonna say because p- part of the dynamic that I think Sally Kravitz, uh, Matt Reeves went back both Anne Hathaway's performance as well as character as well as Sally Kravitz is pulling a lot from the Frank Miller Batman Year One Year Two storylines where they're showing you that. Catwoman is a poor girl from the wrong side of Gotham City, trying to make ends meet, trying to protect her friend, you know, her people, that kind of thing. You know, as she says, you know, they, they even take the line of that she's always take, picking up strays or saving strays mm-hmm. in the movie. I loved her interactions with Robert Pattinson. Like the two of them got really on really well, I think. In a way, I think I don't necessarily bought with Bale and Hathaway. I think they were both fine. I just they didn't necessarily connect the way I think 
uh, Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson connected. See, I kind of disagree. You with saw that. that I, 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 her. I, I thought that I thought the chemistry with Bale and Hathaway seemed a little bit more natural, and the Cedric and Zoe Kravitz seemed a little bit more forced. It's like we have to have them flirting because that's what Batman and Catwoman do. Whereas, you know, in, in some, yeah, I think in some ways part of the thing is you have to have them flirting because they have to, that has to be the pull. The, that has to be the ultimate decision that Bruce Wayne, Batman has to make, whether she goes away with Catwoman or stays and fights for Gotham City. But I also think in a certain way, I bought the dynamic between this Batman and this Catwoman just because Batman needed her. You know, they make it clear that there's some places Batman can't go that Catwoman can just waltz right on in and that dynamic i mean that you know the fact that it got batman's there was like this was not somebody who was intimidated by him but if anything was challenging him i think worked out really well i really enjoyed soy kravitz's performance she i think she i think nails the character in a different way than hathaway or pfeiffer or Halle Berry have done which but i think it works well for this movie now dave i want to know what batman movies are better than this one on your list Okay, on my list, I have the original, uh, well, I have the original Batman. Well, not the original Batman. I have the 1989 Batman. Uh, I've got Batman Begins, uh, which was the first Bale movie. And then I have The Dark Knight. And those are the only three. Ahead of this um, one. Ahead of this one in my in my book. Now, I will say... Uh, just to stick up for this Batman, I think the third act in The Batman connects a lot better than the third act in The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight really, I mean, is tremendous right up until the point when Joker gets out of the prison and his plans come to fruition. It almost always felt like that third act was almost like a whole separate move that they just tacked on in the end. Whereas I think the the Daniel to put it that way, the, the climax of the third act of the Batman helps brings everything that has been said set up until that point to a crashing conclusion. That's that's why I was able to buy the Riddler mask because yeah. in many ways it's they're almost taking the idea that they put in the dark night of anybody could be Batman and they're flipping it on its head. I will say I have a criticism of the ending of the Batman. I'm sorry, spoiler alert, so stop now. I won't give too much. I'm just going to talk kind of in general. Yeah. It, it felt like Star Wars where everybody was related to everybody. Yeah. Because you, you had um, Falcone who was, you know, somebody, somebody's father and you had, you know, it, it, it just, it just seemed like everybody was, you know, it was just too easily connected and so the one thing i'll say but the one thing i'll say to that is it struck me and i was kind of laughing as i was thinking about this afterwards because all i could compare it to is new orleans and new orleans music just just in regards to how many how many times do you see uh certain the same three or four last names in sure. all the Japanese uh, yeah. uh, artist lists. That's fair. But that's so, what I could think of. That was the thing. I was about forgot to do that because Dave's alarm's already gone off. Now we have to talk about this as we are the Who Dat Jedi podcast. We are a New Orleans podcast. Did somebody that was that an obvious Katrina reference or mm. not? 
I mean, with the ex- it was it seemed like somebody it seemed like somebody from this city wrote that bit in there where it's like okay, so for everybody if you haven't seen the uh, spoiler alert, get out. Okay, time is not, enough time has passed. Um, when you have a flooding emergency and the stadium is the you know place of shelter. of last you know uh, shelter of last shelter, resort shelter of last result um, you have you know I mean there you got you got guns you got I mean all the things that was that, that just you know mm-hmm. for Brittany and I who did not live through Katrina except through the eyes of my sister that had to be a little bit you know traumatic for some of you i mean or a little bit there had to be a little bit of uh, ptsd that would pop up because that was just too on the nose and it makes me wonder if did the writers say let's just let's just write katrina or was it is it too much of a coincidence I don't know. I mean, like, has enough time passed? Like, are there certain... I mean, it's fine that they did. I'm just saying it just seems like, like, okay, we need something. And somebody's like, hey, let's just do it. Let's just do this. You know, it. I don't know. It seems too coincidental. It felt on the nose to me, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, immediately, you... my wife and I had immediately... Blowing the, the, went... the, the, the... Did they blow the levees? You know, it's like that whole stuff. I'm sorry, I keep going, Dave. Yeah, no, and below the waterline, which, you know, could have been uh, them trying to make a statement about, you know, global warming and the kinds of catastrophes we're headed towards as a society in general. And that probably, I'm going to assume that's what they were trying to achieve with that. Um, But yeah, anybody who knows who lives here or who did live here, that's where your mind may go um so yeah like aaron to your point if anybody's listening to this and they have not seen the movie and they don't mind tread lightly because yeah yeah yeah, with some ptsd you might turn into the batman you know it's like (laughs) i think because yeah i mean there's no way to escape from the blown of the levees to shelter of last resort at the stadium to the the whole thing becoming a disaster but I also think it's because Reeves and his team putting the movie together are trying to show you just how much of a failed society, how much of a failed uh, city Gotham is. <laughs> this is this is the government. No, this is the government failing, not being able because that's the whole. That's the Riddler's entire point is society has failed me all along the line to the point where this is the only way I can get attention. So I'm going to destroy the power structure and I'm going to destroy the city, and he nearly gets away with it because the whole but then it's showing you that it takes people to kind of bring stuff back so is it a commentary in american society in a way it is and yeah unfortunately for us that lived here the failure of the federal government with katrina and everything that happened afterwards will forever be a big glaring sign saying yeah this is when america failed at its mission big time big time yeah i mean that's obviously what they were going for um Mm -hmm. and uh did they want a real world comparison i don't know i don't know that in many ways it's similar in nature to whether it was uh man of steel or batman v superman borrowing a lot of the 9-11 imagery 
Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's those are those cultural See. touchstones that movie makers like to say, connecting you to this, so you have that same emotional reaction. Hand, hands down, I agree with you totally. My problem is, is that, like Dave said, it's too on the nose. It's like you could, I mean, you're even using words that were said from news report, actually from the mayor, that the Superdome is the shelter of last resort. It's like, it just seemed like at that point, it became lazy writing, you know, whereas, you know, it's like you could have, you know, could, do you, do you have to like, could you make it a little bit more, like you said, the Superman movies where it's just a little bit more, okay, I can see it, but it's not like literally planes flying into two towers and collapsing they get yeah they went away from that like uh in filmmaking in general you didn't see a whole heck of a lot of buildings like going down I mean, like that for a while still has a, has a alien spaceship going through yeah. buildings and avengers has it the same way so there was a whole period where they were bar- again they're borrowing the imagery that people connect to on a, on a subconscious emotional level. doesn't make it right. doesn't make it wrong. It's just, it's more in the nose, I think, for us, because we, being the Huda Jedi, live in New Orleans. Yeah. So kinda, it kind of it kind of puts us in a different mindset, whereas I don't know how somebody who never experienced it, never lived it, just saw it on TV, but it, where they would have the same reaction. That's just the thing, is if I ever got to be in the room with the writer, I would just like to ask, you know, it's like, it's it's a, to us it's an obvious katrina reference did you mean for it or did you go like oops yeah sure did you know i just it just be interesting i don't it's not a criticism except for the fact oh, well. that it was a little bit too on the nose i i also feel like the ending uh, to fredo's point it worked really well for the story that they told but it did remind me of the dark knight a little bit where you have the third act is like okay so you have the reveal right of the villain's master plan or whatever and now it's going to unfold and now you're going to see how everyone has to sort of just deal with the fallout and um so that was it felt a little overly familiar with the nolan like nolan followed that structure i think in all three of his movies and um and so like on that level i was like "Eh, yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do this again but um, it, it did work, and it was an important way for them to um, try to address some of these larger issues, I think. So. so last question before we go, you know, take a nap before the Pelicans game. Um, it, it, it's, it seems obvious that we all dug the movie. Mm-hmm. My question is, were you surprised that you dug the movie? Mine would be, yeah, I'm surprised that I dug this movie because I was like, on the uh, it's another batman movie even though i like batman movies but it was like really we're having another batman movie but yeah i was surprised that i dug it yeah. dave uh, pretty similar like I, I i was talking about that earlier where it's just like i was excited at first and i cooled quite a bit so then when i went in i just went in basically with no expectations um which is what we tell everyone to do i, um, I fail my i fail my <laughs> own advice all the time and uh yeah it's i liked it i liked it a lot more than i expected to um i might have a follow-up question to this question though for everybody all right fredo what do you think i think i I think i I mean i liked it like i said i think i came out the first time i saw it i think i appreciated it more than liked it like i could see what they were doing i could appreciate what they were doing uh but it took me seeing it a second time to actually 
like to kind of connect more emotionally and just kind of go, okay, this is what you're doing. Because you're right. It's such a different take from what we've seen before that almost at the first time, it's almost like, okay, these are the choices you're making. And you kind of have to wrap your mind that this is different. So uh, to that point, just very quickly, it's kind of like why I cannot listen to music while I work is because I immediately, because of my undergrad, because of my background as a musician, I start analyzing the piece of music trying to figure out chord progressions and what they're doing rhythmically and all these things. So it's tough for me to quote unquote, enjoy, enjoy a piece of music on my first listening. And so I think it sounds like you went into the movie from an analytical standpoint from the get go. And so Mm -hmm. when you, when you come at from analysis, then you are not really on the aesthetic. Do I, am I having fun or am I not? And whereas I don't have that background of which Batman story are we telling, I'm just going to a Batman movie and it's like, oh, this is cool. Riddler's weird. Everything else is kind of cool. You know, it's so, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's so it depends on how you set yourself up to go into those movies. Before I follow up, I'll just say real quick, but I will say emotionally, just in terms of enjoyment, the car chase scene between the Batmobile and the Penguin, that I enjoyed the heck out of it. From no, the I think it went, I went, that was went, fun. I, I enjoyed it, but it went far too long. Anyway. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I agree with Fredo. Um, especially the way that it culminated. I got you. I got you. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> um, I wanted to know where you guys want this thing to go because again, they, they, we have a we have a sequel. It's been greenlit. We've had we've wa- we've all watched a million Batman movies at this point. What what do you want to see? I know I know what I, I I'm going to answer it based on what you told me is like some of the more fantastical villains. And when you first said that, I was like, oh crap, that means Mister Freeze. And all I see is Otto, what's his name from uh, the original Batman series, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger from, you know, <laughs> the Schumacher stuff. And, that a nice and, and that's my fear. I don't want it to get comic booky. And I'm sure there's a way you can do Mr. Freeze without being, you know, Arnold or Otto. However, when they use the word fantastical, it makes me it makes me worry a bit because that's what I liked about this Batman was mm-hmm. that it was so not comic booky. Um, so I'll say I'll answer it with that's where I don't want it to go, and I fear that it will based on what just on those couple words you gave, Fredo. Uh, the two stories that always kind of pop up in my head that nobody know. No, because we've seen the Joker. I'm glad that we're not just going to go get another Joker. Uh, the first one is, I've always said, I love the idea of a power vacuum in Gotham's Underworld. And I want to see the Penguin golf against Black Mask. Just the idea mm. of two gangs just trying to just you know, take over the entire city and Batman in the middle trying to stop it all. I think that would create a brilliant dynamic just for action and just non-stop. Again, particularly in this very real world take on the character the idea that hey the you know 
the penguin now could sing, think I could get to be number one and there's somebody else. And the other thing, the other the other story I want to say, and I don't know if you guys ever read the Court of Owls storyline. There was something mm-hmm. uh, a few about a decade or so ago, DC Comics tried to renew or reboot the entire universe. They came up with this idea of the Court of Owls, which is kind of like the city fathers that rule Gotham. That so like there's the mayor and the governor, whatever. But these are like the the, the people who truly gov- govern everything who? and make sure everything happens. This they're called the Court of Owls. Who? And they usually, who exactly? <laughs> and they usually hire a. They usually train an assassin to take out people they don't like. And in the comic book storyline, the assassin that they were training was the original Robin, Dick Grayson. I would love the idea. I mean, if you're, I mean, not necessarily bringing Robin into this, but if you wanted to have the idea that they were trying to get Batman or get Bruce Wayne to be the next assassin. So it's fantastical. It is over the top because, again, it's the idea of people in suits wearing owl masks. But it gets really interesting. Uh, they did a really good adaptation animated, but that's the other story that I'm like. If you want to keep going on the idea of Gotham as the villain of the story, that'd be great. So, Dave, where do you where do you want it to go? Burn. That's all I need. I need more burn. No more, Mister Kite. No more. Uh, how about Kite Man? As long as he does, as long Kite as he doesn't Man, act yeah. like uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Oh wait! Have you never, Aaron? Have the you Harley, not seen the Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn? Yeah, the Harley Quinn series. Like I'm gonna like plug that right. Yeah. Yes. Like It's it's dirty and filthy and hilarious. So. All um, right. Well, that sounds like some. Where where can I watch it? Uh, well, HBO, HBO Max. Plus. Oh, okay. HBO Max. Yeah. All right. Well, on on that note, I think we have to run to a basketball game here soon. Like I said, take your nap, everybody. But. Uh, Go Pelicans, and um, hopefully we'll be uh, able to end this thing in game six. But let's get through game five first. So um, with that, we'll, we'll just leave it with a hoot at. Hoot at. Hoot at. And everybody have a great week. My tongue